It's different for black boys, harder for black girls Start your own business venture, thrive in a black world Where you and your homies don't gotta worry about getting fired and facing discrimination We are creators, we don't go begging for placement where we are not wanted And I'ma keep it a hundred youngin', we used to be hunted They had us sitting in zoos, so what you see in the news Is really nothing that's new, they really targeting you You hear me talking to you? Grace and Rosé is brought to you by your hosts, Deja Staten and Christina Alford. Hello. This podcast was created as a way to address the many racial issues that this country, and specifically BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, living in this country, have been carrying, confronting, living through, basically from the beginning of our history. Which we would like to mark our history is from before uh, the United States was was founded with, you know, the indigenous inhabitants who were here long before and were genocided by the predecessors to the U.S. government. So we will be covering history, current events, systemic issues that are affecting all of us. Today. Today. (laughs) So why Rosé, Pristina? Rosé, because, well, for all of you who know us, we always have a glass or a bottle or ten. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. But not a lie. But not no. Um, close in hand. Um, and honestly, it's, you know, we'll be covering a lot of heavy issues. These conversations are not easy at all. And it's just a little bit more digestible with a glass of rosé in hand. That it is. So Welcome. Hello there, everyone. This is so Hello. (laughs) Our lovely uh, editor, producer, Lana Shea, told us we should give you a little explanation in case we sound a little bit different uh, during this episode. We are actually recording over Zoom for the first time ever uh, because Pristina is in Arizona. Why are you? I I am in Arizona this first week of January celebrating the holidays with my family because I had a solo COVID Christmas in LA. <laughs> yeah. And even though you had a solo COVID Christmas in LA, you could have potentially had a not solo COVID Christmas because where were you when you found out you had COVID, Christina? I was at Dangerous House. <laughs> Literally sitting on my couch. And I was like, bitch, I'm 95 now. <laughs> And 95 and you have to leave. And I was like, I was oh. like no, I said at 95, you can take a rapid test here and then you have to leave once we found out it was positive. And be be kind, tell the people the truth. I gave you some N95s and some rapid you tests did. for the road. You did. You you really did. You didn't kick me out like right away. You allowed me to do the rapid test. And I'm like, oh, well, you're going to be celebrating with me, bitch. So yes. yeah, <laughs> I was secretly hoping that I would test positive. You're so scandalous. Yeah, but it was so weird, right? Because you yeah. like, just got in the booster. Like I got a booster on a Friday and I tested positive on a Sunday before I was supposed to leave on a Monday for the holidays. Yeah. And where else were we supposed to go pay? Oh, we were supposed to go to, oh, we're supposed to be recording from Paris, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of messed up everybody's, all of our, everybody's plans. We're supposed to be in Paris or Amsterdam right now. We had to yeah, cancel yeah. Amsterdam anyways, because they went back into lockdown, but I had all of these activities planned for us. We were going to be like drinking champagne and Rons and Epernay yeah. and like. However, France has a new variant, so. 
we don't we don't want any parts of that (laughs) whatever you know what at this point like your most vaccinated girl in america over here is just i'm gonna wear my n95s (laughs) but you know like i'm getting on these planes it's gonna happen but shout Uh, out to the vaccine because i didn't feel sick so Christina was just going through it like a gangster. I mean, you got yeah. a whole Christmas meal that you couldn't even eat. No, I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, Christina like posted a picture on. I was, I did end up going up to my parents like eight days after he tested positive because I took seven rapid tests and one PCR, all of which were negative. <laughs> um, and Christina posts on Instagram. I can't remember if I saw it or if my brother saw it, and I was like this bitch escaped the house like where is she because you have like big tins of food i was cooking food that i don't eat i was like where's the rest of your family like this is clearly a black family (laughs) gathering that's happening like what's happening there's like macaroni and cheese and like chicken wings like all this stuff and cooked everything that i don't eat so i could feel a little normal yeah i mean i appreciated it it was Yeah. Okay. So as well, um, we're on zoom and why we might sound (laughs) a little bit um, different this week, this episode. And also like, maybe we just sound different now because you haven't heard us. (laughs) 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 Maybe, maybe the pandemic. It could be that. It it really could be that. Yes. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Christina, like what let's, can, can you tell the people what day it is today as we are recording this? So it is the evening before January 6th, a.k.a. the year anniversary since the infamous insurrection. Yeah. So <laughs> we famous were day. Yeah. We're, we're, what'd you say? Happy what day? I said, no, the famous, the infamous oh, day. Oh, that day. Happy that insurrection day. day, America. Like what? I just remember watching it on TV in my apartment during quarantine. I'm like, wow. i mean it was the middle of the day when it started for us because it was east coast afternoon it was like 10 a.m for for us it was i remember we were texting and i was like wait what the fuck is happening (laughs) and yeah yeah, i mean we talked about this in the episode we did like a year ago but we were like what are these fucking yahoos doing like also does that man have on horns like what where what I don't, yeah. we, what? It was so weird. It was so it's bizarre to watch. happening. <laughs> they yeah. actually did it. They actually did it. <laughs> they actually did it. Our understanding of it, I think, got more and more, like, serious as we realized, like, that this was, like, not a joke. Like, that, because at first you could just see, like, you know, throngs of people, essentially, outside of the Capitol building. And then you were like, oh, they're, like, breaking shit and they're going inside. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then so, it turned into, wow, just think if Black people did this. <laughs> <laughs> which we are going to get into today. So right. as Christina just teased, like this is going to be, where are we now? A year out, um, January 6th, 2022. Still getting used to saying that year that sounds fake. Like, why aren't we in flying cars yet? Like, I thought, <laughs> I, thought we were, I thought we'd be there Seriously. right now. <laughs> Seriously, it should be Ready Player One by now. Yeah, but I mean, we can't even like vaccinate ourselves against this thing. So like, no. fuck flying cars. That's not going to happen for us ever. Um, but we're going to revisit what happened on January 6th. And we're going to talk about kind of like the downstream effects or impacts and 
some of the news, some of the stuff um, that we've been hearing when we got on this this call a few minutes ago, Christina just looked like really down and out. And I was like, what's wrong? And she was just like, I've been watching the news all day. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's been an uplifting last 365 days. Yeah. It's been great. We love it here. Insurrection Eve. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. You did it. That's it's Insurrection Eve. And that's what we're going to call this episode. This episode has now been renamed special delivery insurrection eve so yeah. yes that's it okay so, so Dana, what are you um drinking this evening <laughs> what are you not drinking this evening <laughs> i am drinking um a sparkling rosé a brute rosé from um the mcbride sisters who we like um because you know, I like their wine, um, but they're black owned and two black sisters who have like a really interesting story of how they found one another separated at some point in their lives. Um, and this is lovely. Uh, we're definitely going to have to get some more of this. So cheers to black women doing things. Yes. Yeah. And cheers to the rosé that I'm not drinking. We're just going to imagine she's holding up a glass of Pinot Grigio, which yes. I'm offended in general. <laughs> that's My parents have doing. one bottle of rosé in the house and they wanted to drink with me. So I'm not going to open that bottle. So I'm going to pretend I'm drinking Daedra's. We should, we're going to start posting the wines that we're drinking actually. And like, mm-hmm. like so where we're getting them um, from, we do have a website. So check that out. We're going to be posting resources and whatnot. Um, and we are dropping a real season soon as well. Finally, <laughs> um, At some point in the near future, we're going to Alaska in like a week and we're hoping to record a lot in Alaska. So let's get into today. Um, I am going to, so you just talked a little bit about, about like kind of what happened day of and what you saw. I'm going to get into like a pretty in depth timeline here just because I think now that we're a year out and we've been able to kind of dive into all of this and plot it out um, it's important to see the progression of what happened and what didn't happen um, but Christina before I do that I just want to ask you like is there anything specific that you didn't bring up already that like you remember happening on that day that you're like what like how did that happen or how did that not happen I remember co-workers their responses basically yeah yeah disbelief or you know just how could this happen or you know meanwhile the rest of us are like yeah no (laughs) Uh, yeah yes 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 that's what i remember that's a good one yeah and i feel like the timeline doesn't get into that right because it's not like about feelings it's about like what actually happened so i think Absolutely. Like the echo chamber that and I'm not just going to say white people, because I feel like even my dad was shocked. He's like hella black. <laughs> like Just this idea of like invincibility that we have about the United States and like this idea that like there was still a line during the Trump presidency that like wouldn't be crossed, even though we kept seeing the transgression of lines like over and over again. Um, yeah, people were like, what? Oh, not the Capitol. No way. Oh, my God. And we were just like, yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. of course, the capital. Like, it's, it was shocking, but it's like, in our minds, it was like, well, yeah, I 
it's shocking, but not. <laughs> I think it was shocking to see, like to visually yeah. watch it because like we haven't in our lifetimes, like in 30 plus years, seen people violently storm US government buildings. We have seen it in foreign countries. I'm like, we're very ethnocentric and we very much think like we run the world and like everything's orderly in the United States. So like that part of it was, was shocking. But the idea that like white supremacy and hate and like the Trump presidency's like out of control grip on Trump supporters like would devolve into this was to me zero percent surprising. Yeah, it was like exactly like yeah, of course this mm-hmm. is but this is the logical end um, for for what has been happening. Okay, so our timeline. We start at 12 p.m. on January 6th, um, adjacent to the White House. Trump is holding a Stop the Steal (laughs) rally, right? Uh, Stop the Steal rally, protest, whatever you want to call it. And surprise, surprise, Trump starts by attacking the news media, right? Um, Well, actually, (laughs) let me go back a step. Trump starts by talking about how huge the crowd is, right? In true Trump fashion, he's like, oh, there's 100,000 plus people here and starts yelling at the news media to like turn around and film the crowd which like of course they won't do right they're like shut up just like keep talking so he's talking about the size of the crowd and blah 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 and then he says we will never give up we will never concede it doesn't happen you don't concede when there is theft involved right so he's riling up the crowd he's saying all this stuff um and he starts displaying in my opinion at least on p like you know your thoughts on this but his complete lack of understanding of math and how like voting works in the united states and how like actual humans go to vote i'd be interested to see if like trump even voted in elections prior to becoming president because it seemed like he didn't understand like how you vote functionally right it was like the time when um i forget who it was like rachel maddow years ago was talking about like some guy it was like rush limbaugh talking about birth control and like he kept saying things like oh well if you just like take more birth control you'll like have less of a chance of getting pregnant it was like no you just still take one pill a day (laughs) doesn't matter how much sex you have still just one on Phil. So like Trump started to say like nutty shit about voting. And I'm going to read you like a long chunk of what he said, because it's just he yikes. He says, today, I will lay out just some of the evidence that we won the election and we won it by a landslide. This was not a close election. You know, I say sometimes jokingly, but there's no joke about it. I've been in two elections. I won them both. And the second one, I won much bigger than the first. Okay. Almost 75 million people voted for our campaign. The most of any incumbent president by far in the history of our country. 12 million more people than four years ago. And I was told by the real pollsters, we do have real pollsters. They know that we were going to do well, that we were going to win. But I was told if I went from 63 million, which we had four years ago, to 66 million, there was no chance of losing. Well, we didn't go to 66. We went to 75 million. And... They say we lost. We didn't lose. And by the way, does anyone believe that Joe Biden had 80 million votes? <laughs> like, so like, this is part one. Like, he doesn't get mad. Like, so Joe Biden has 80 million votes. He has 75. You did lose, bro. Like, there's 5 million votes between those two things. And so like, what is like, like, display one. Trump's bad at math. But so the crowd yells, no. Like, they don't believe that, that Joe Biden could have gotten 80 million votes. And then Trump goes, he had 80 million computer votes. So what? What have you ever been able to vote in a presidential election in this country on a computer? <laughs> like, what are you talking? Like, what on earth? 
because he's like what the like fat guy in his basement that Trump always talks about was like down there like voting for 80 million people. And he says it's a disgrace. There's never been anything like that. And here we go, because Trump has to get racist. Like, he can't say anything without being racist. He had 80 million computer votes. It's a disgrace. There's never been anything like that. You can take third world countries. Just take a look. Their elections are more honest than what we've been going through in this country. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. So can't do math. Can't admit that 75 million versus 80 million is a massive disparity. And has to use third world countries, the global South, I'm air quoting, which is entirely inhabited by brown people, uh, shithole countries, as Trump has infamously uh, called them, has to use them and say, they get this shit right and we can't. What the fuck's wrong with us? They're idiots, right? So like quintessential Trump, just like dumb as dumb can be and racist as racist <laughs> can be. So this is all happening at 12 p.m. Trump's up there saying like nutty stuff. Then he starts attacking Vice Pence, um, who at, at the time was vice president, which means he's uh, president pro temp of the Senate. So he's, you know, running things essentially in the Senate. He's a tie breaking vote um, if he needs to be. And Trump says, Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. Like, are you going to withhold his allowance? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> do then we have rudy giuliani's dumbass saying, <laughs> remember his hair situation <laughs> when, when his hair melted off his entire head <laughs> i'm dead i'm sorry i just got the image of him like trying to wipe it off and like act like everything was normal it's like no bro your head it's gone <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, a.k.a. Hair Melt Supreme, starts just spouting. And he's like, let's, let's have trial by combat. The fuck? Why don't you combat your hair back onto your head? Like, I don't understand, Rudy. Um, yeah. And then, like, claims later that uh, it was a Game of Thrones reference. Like, whatever, sir. And I think, like, one of Trump's kids got on stage and said some, like, insanely dumb shit as well. Um, it was just like, just all like the, <laughs> the idiots convened and were like, let's say really aggressively violent shit and just lie for an hour <laughs> and then tell people we're going to march to the Capitol and actually go into the White House. <laughs> like, like, nope, just kidding. <laughs> right yeah. behind you. <laughs> right? Like, that's literally what happened. We're going to get to that in a second. So this is all at 12 p.m. At the same time, crowds have already started to gather outside of the Capitol. So I think some of these people are just like onlookers, regardless of political affiliation. Um, Democrat, Republican, independent, didn't matter. Um, people just like some shit's about to pop off. Like, you know, we're going to watch. Um, I have like a family member that told me that he was like, I heard shit was going down. I just wanted to see it. So like I just like went um, and watched from kind of the sidelines. Um, we then have uh, Mike Pence releasing a letter via Twitter, the favorite form of communication of the Trump era Republican <laughs> Party. Um, and he says in part of this letter, which we'll link to on the website, um, he says, my oath to support and defend the Constitution constrains me from claiming unilateral authority to determine which electoral vote should be counted and which should not. So he's essentially saying, like, this is mostly ceremonial. Like, I don't get to, like, say I'm not I'm not the Electoral College. Like, I don't get to say, like, yay or nay. Like, I just say, like, OK, like fake gavel. This happened. 
that happens an hour later, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the initial wave of protesters turned rioters storms the outer police barricades surrounding the Capitol in an attempt to stop Congress from certifying the presidential election. So need we remind you uh, that this is the day, January 6th, when the election is being certified, right, where all of the votes are being certified by the state representatives, essentially, and saying this is how many votes, um, you know, Joe Biden got this, is how many votes Trump got. We are certifying this tally for every single state. And at the end of the day, Joe Biden is the president elect officially. Right. Even though we already knew at this point, as we just said, that Trump had lost by five million votes. Right. We knew Joe Biden was going to be president. And I remember so. that day actually watching that they televised it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, has this ever been televised? <laughs> like, yeah, but like on C-SPAN, right? Like not on like the main, like not on Fox and CNN and MSNBC and like whatever, like on C-SPAN. Like no one watches C-SPAN unless you're like me. <laughs> but everybody was like covering this. Yeah. Well, and this is exactly when 1 p.m. Eastern time, when like we out West at like 10 a.m. started seeing this because the news didn't really start covering people, protesters who some would become rioters um, in until they started like storming the steps of the Capitol. So this is when we all turned on the TV and we're like, the fuck is good? These white people lost their goddamn minds. Like, what is happening? And, you know, I say these white people because 99.9% of the people involved in this were white. You know, there were a few people of color, but very few. Um, most of the brown and black faces we saw that day were Capitol Police officers. Um, and after the fact, you know, people who worked in, in service um, on the Capitol cleaning up um, the mess, which we'll also talk about. So 1 p.m., protesters start storming outer police barricade. 105, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, having no idea what's going on outside, right, is in the Capitol building because the Capitol is where Congress sits, the Senate and the House. Um, Nancy Pelosi gavels in a joint session of Congress. This is where they're going to certify the vote. Shortly after, Trump ends his speech saying... <laughs> We're, go we're going to the Capitol. We're going to try and give them, the Republicans, the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take our country, take back our country. Trump, of course, does not go to the Capitol. <laughs> he instead goes back into the White House, right? Hundreds of Trump supporters, however, start marching towards the Capitol building from the White House, chanting USA, USA, <laughs> as they're marching all the way to the Capitol, right? 1.30 p.m., so about 25 minutes later, rioters overcome the police. So they've been pushing and pulling with police for 25 minutes now. Um, and they kind of, you know, get through this barricade on the backside of the Capitol building. Um, after this, about 30 minutes later, rioters officially break into the building. So they're throwing stuff through windows. I think they had like some fire extinguishers. They had um, hockey sticks and all sorts of stuff and were breaking windows open. Um, Mike Pence at this time at 2 p.m. is removed from the building by Secret Service. So this is serious enough within two hours of Trump's speech starting that Mike Pence, vice president, president pro temp of the uh, Senate is removed <clears throat> from the scene. 215, 220, Congress evacuates. So the entirety of Congress, this means 435 members of the House and 100 members of the Senate. That means 535 people are now getting escorted out of this building or going into hiding in their offices, which is what happened for a lot of them, um, or trying to escape through tunnels under the building, et cetera, because they're active like invaders with weapons in the building. People, you know, we'll talk about, Christina did some research on the numbers of prosecutions, et cetera. People had guns in the building and these are only the people we know who got caught, right? Um, so everyone is essentially getting evacuated, everyone who's part of Congress from Senate at this point. Trump starts tweeting 
again, right? 224, Trump tweets. Mind you, Trump is tweeting this 24 minutes after the vice president has been evacuated from the Senate by Secret Service. Trump tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our constitution. This man has just been physically removed for his safety. 24 minutes, Trump. Later, Trump is is texting this. Now, let's take a pause here um, and let's use like our critical thinking human brains. We know that Trump and Pence are definitely capable of communicating with one another, right? Like the vice president and the president probably exchange text messages. If not, their aides do. It was probably very clear to Trump at this point that people were being evacuated from from the floor of the Capitol building, that senators and you know House members were were leaving because people had forcibly made their way into the Capitol. So just like let's put a pin in that like that's happening. Trump's out here tweeting. Trump tweets again 14 minutes later and says at 2.38 p.m. um, that the Capitol Police and law enforcement should come and urges people to stay peaceful. So it seems like now somehow magically between when Mike Pence is being attacked on Twitter and 14 minutes later, Trump's like, okay, 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 enough, enough. This has gotten nutty enough. Right. Meanwhile, we have protesters gathering across the country at other state capitol buildings. So we know for a fact that Florida, Louisiana, Ohio, that there was serious threat at capitol buildings. They thought they were going to get um, invaded as well. And several other state capitol buildings were evacuated as a precaution. I remember on that day, California was talking about whether or not they should evacuate. 3 p.m. Eastern time. So this is three hours now after Trump uh, gave his, his speech and Giuliani's calling for trial by combat. Rioters get onto the Senate floor. And you probably, if you were watching the news that day and you've seen any of the photos, you remember the guy with the horns, QAnon Shaman, is like on the Senate floor, shirtless, like pounding his chest, climbing on stuff. Um, It was absolutely nutty. Um, They stormed through the building. They start entering offices. People got into Nancy Pelosi's office um, and they were just causing widespread property damage, right? They were, you know, trying to like push over statues and I don't know, doing all sorts of just like, ignorant shit, for lack of a better word. Um, 336. So this is two hours after the protesters breached the Capitol grounds. White House Press Secretary Kelly McEnany tweets that Trump has ordered the National Guard in. Two hours after protesters entered the building. And Christina, like, what do you, how long do you think it would have taken if, I'm not even going to say BLM. Let's just say like these were just like some random brown people. Like, what if race and rosé protesters... (laughs) descended onto the grounds of the Capitol. How long do you think it would take for the president, regardless of political party, to call in the National Guard? Yeah, right away. And not only that, it's like since they kind of knew that this was going to happen, the fact that they didn't have the National Guard or they didn't have, you know, the amount of police force that they would have had with black people or with BLM is That's an issue right there. Yeah. And I mean, we've been at protests, right? How many National Guardsmen did we pass? How many tanks did we pass? Mm -hmm. Like, I I mean, it just and we didn't see anybody breaking into a government building. I did see a woman try to break in like a window with a hammer, but like it was like a storefront, not the U.S. Capitol. The National Guard who was there, like, did the like, whatever, (laughs) like, you know, like they just like did it. Yeah, I just that's shocking to me that it took two full hours for the National Guard um, to be called in to the Capitol. At 4 p.m., so this is four hours after Trump's, um, you know, 
rally or whatever you want to call it, Biden, President-elect Biden addresses the nation saying this is not a protest, it's an insurrection. 4.17 p.m., 17 minutes later, Trump tweets a video to his protesters inside the Capitol after calling the National Guard and says, I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You've seen the way others are treated. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. We love you. Like, sir, what? You just called the National Guard. And right after this happens, Virginia and Maryland call in their state National Guards because I guess the, the, the federal government's National Guard still hadn't gotten there yet. And Trump's tweeting about loving these people who are like still in the Capitol building. <laughs> Look, with Confederate flags, mind you, and wearing anti-Semitic sweatshirts and with nooses outside and like, I don't know, like writing notes to Nancy Pelosi and peeing in her office and shit. And like Trump's writing love letters on Twitter to these people. So two hours later, just before 6 p.m., Capitol Police start to finally clear the building um, and they eventually secure the interior. The mayor of D.C. announces a 12 hour curfew for the entire city at this point, like go inside, stay inside. 6.01 p.m., Trump still not done with Twitter at this point says these are the things and the events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long go home with love and peace remember this day forever exclamation point i cannot 7 p.m an hour later Facebook removes Trump's video and they say that the video was contributing to the risk of ongoing violence. They suspend him for 24 hours. This turns into the current two year ban um, that Facebook. Oh, my bad. Meta uh, that Meta <laughs> subjected Trump to. Two minutes later, Twitter removes Trump's tweets. 12 hour ban is then turned into permanent Twitter suspension for Trump. Um, and then finally, at 7.54 p.m. So this is. Seven hours and 54 minutes after Trump's rally and I don't know, six ish hours after the Capitol was breached, the Republican National Committee finally says, oh, hey, that was pretty bad. Maybe you shouldn't have done that, guys. Like maybe protest or maybe, uh, you know, protesting turned rioting turned insurrection isn't the way that we should be doing this. Mind you, at some point in this timeline, a woman was shot and killed in the Capitol building, like was lying dead in the rotunda. Um, just after 8 p.m., Pence reopens the Senate. An hour later, Pelosi brings the House back into session. And at 3.42 a.m. the next morning, so January 7th, the vote is finally certified because Senate uh, and the House were like, you know what? Fuck this. You're not going to just like storm in here and not let us do our jobs. Like, we're not about that life. Which honestly, given everything that happened, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked that they weren't just like, ah, oh, fuck it. We're going home. The United States is over. But that's the timeline. Um, and, you know, that was the worst attack on the seat of the U.S. government since at least 1812, during the War of 1812, where the U.S. government went to war with Great Britain um, for the second time in like 30 or 40 years. So truly, I mean, it, it has been or had been 209-ish years since someone had stormed our Capitol building, and it was a foreign power that we used to be a colony of like not some like wild dudes with horns on their heads. So there's that. Should we give that like a moment of silence and a sip of, of wine? <laughs> Shout out to the QAnon shaman. Like where is, is he still in prison eating organic kale from like, like what's happening? Who knows? Oh, that shit's wild. So, I mean, <clears throat> I'm going to toss it to you in a second, P, but 
you know, to talk about like what legally has, has happened um, since like what we know, but I mean, this to me is a very important point to bring up terrorism. Uh, we haven't heard, like we've heard insurrection, we've heard riot, we've heard protest, we've heard whatever. We haven't heard terrorism and I'm not shocked because I know how the United States rolls. Like we have not signed on to multiple conventions at like the UN level that define terrorism because we don't want our activities abroad to be defined as terrorism because we know that they are. But I mean, terrorism is defined as the unlawful use of violence to achieve political aims. Unlawful use of violence. People broke into the U.S. Capitol building, a building that is highly secured on every day of the year, whenever it's open um, to Congress people or to visitors. Um, and they used violence. They were fighting Capitol Police officers. They were threatening U.S. Congress people to the point where one woman was shot and killed in defense. Um, and they were doing it to achieve political aims. They didn't want the vote certified, right? Like that's the highest political aim. Like we literally don't want a clean, democratic, peaceful exchange of power in this country. So like the fact that this has not been discussed as like the penultimate act of terrorism, like you tried to overthrow the US government, like literally, that's actually what you tried to do. You tried to like, you tried to kill the vice president. So that is like a thing. That's a whole thing. So let's talk about before we get into like the law piece, who do you remember as being there last time we talked about this? P? Like who was who who was in this lovely um, what's the what's the thing when you like chop up like carrots and onions and celery? What's that called? <laughs> Your paw? Is that what it is? What was in this? I think that's it's something like that. What was in this this lovely uh, you know mixture of 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 <laughs> the best that America has to offer? A roux? Is that it? A roux? No, that's a great French thing too. <laughs> butter. I think that's butter and like flour that you oh. base for pasta. Well, it can be roux. Yeah, but but I like Rue. I like what was in the Republican Rue of January 6, 2021. Like what were they smoking? Yeah, we oh, like who was there? I mean, there were over I think it was over twelve white supremacist groups. Yeah. Over twelve hate groups. Yeah. Yeah. There were the the Proud Boys, QAnon, the Oath Keepers. Oath Keepers, the three percenters. Oh yeah, the three percenters. There was that group that sounded like a gang. It was like NCIS. NCIS. <laughs> Wait, that's the TV show. <laughs> My eye keeps twitching this week, and everybody <laughs> It was something like that. It was like I don't. And I see it. Yeah. So like, okay. So yeah, there were like a whole bunch of hate groups. A lot of them being like neo-Nazi white supremacists, but. Really interestingly, and this is like kind of what we get with the the benefit of hindsight being a year out, um, the New York Times, the daily podcast, which I highly recommend. Uh, I listen to it every morning. They I think it was today did an episode called The Herd Mentality, and they talked about who was actually there. And they interviewed this guy who I think he used to work for FedEx and he was at the protest turned riot and actually entered the Capitol. And they found that only one in 10 of the people who entered the building were associated with known hate groups, which one in 10 is still a lot, right? Like 10% of the people being at a thing, being in hate groups is like 10% more than should be there. Um, but 
that's much lower than what we previously thought, right? Like we were, I think I called this hate group soup last year. <laughs> like it was like, you're like a hate group bechamel. I don't know what my obsession with like French sauces is. <laughs> um, yeah, like this was fewer hate group people, um, participants than we thought. Um, that being said, I do think it's important to ask like, why were there 10% of the people there hate groups? And part of the reason might be because we have 838 active hate groups in the United States, 838. That's a lot. Um, if you want to fact check me, go check out Southern Poverty Law Center's interactive hate map. Uh, they have 2020 numbers up now. They'll probably be uh, re-upping them within the next year, I would say. That's a lot of hate groups. Um, so check that out. But also like regular people. They were like regular, regular dumbasses that were participating in this. And a lot of them were Democrats previously, were registered Democrats. The guy from FedEx that I was just talking about that the Daily Podcast, um, you know, kind of digs into. Uh, he was a registered Democrat and he just like drank the Trump juice. And <laughs> it's like whatever. Um, and another podcast, Eamon Moyadine, who is I probably just butchered his last name, but he's a reporter for MSNBC. He did a podcast called American Radical, where a girl that he went to high school with who died, um, I think she got crushed or something or had like some sort of medical complications after the protest. Um, she was apolitical. Like she just like didn't care about politics. And like suddenly right before January 6th, like the months leading up to it got radicalized and air quoting. So a lot of people like that were there. People who like weren't politically minded necessarily, who weren't parts of hate groups, which is like, what? I mean, do you have like an answer for that, Pete? Because I don't. Today's the day. <laughs> Today's the day to what? Storm the Capitol? Like, yes. Who wakes up in the morning and is like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to fuck up Nancy Pelosi's office. Like, I mean, and literally, like, you have to listen to this episode because this guy, it's like the FBI um, interviewing this guy and they have the transcript and they had actors that are like reading the transcript and they're like asking the dudes, they're like, they're like, so you woke up in the morning and you were like, what? I'm just going to like go storm the Capitol? And he was like, no, like, Someone asked me the night before and I was like, no, I'm not going like y'all are dumb. Like, I'm not doing that. And then I woke up the next morning and watched the news and I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll just like go see what's going on. I'll just go take the metro into the city. It's only 45 minutes from where I live and just like take some pictures. So I was just walking around. I was just taking pictures. And then I just got caught up. Sir, you do not get caught up into storming the Capitol building. And it was just like, it was fascinating because like I partly believed him, but like it was just, you know, he went in and he was like, it was crazy. And I was trying to escape and I got outside and I almost got crushed to death. And then I was going to go home and then I went back in. That's a lie. You don't wake up like that. <laughs> you just don't. <laughs> I, woke, I woke up like this. You don't wake up like that. Oh my God. <laughs> you have so some weird. real deep down issues, even if you're not vocal about it. Or you don't, don't wake up like that. <laughs> Or you're not, you know, you don't want people to know about these certain ideals you have. You just don't wake up like that. I'm sorry. I agree. Like you have something either that you're hiding or that you are not aware of yourself. It's like there's <laughs> something that like pushes you to like, I don't know what sort of mommy and daddy issues you have to where right. you're like I'm not going. And then you end up in the bowels of Congress like <laughs> with a whole bunch of like wild fucking like hoodlums who are going to just like paint on. Yeah. Like I just, you know, it was just, it's insane. Um, so yeah. And it was just so interesting hearing this guy talk about it too, because like 
he, it sounded like he believed himself, even though like what he was saying was obviously bullshit. And then he starts talking about like all the things he's lost, which was really sad. Like he's divorced. He shares or shared custody of his son. No longer gets to see his son. His son, I think, is old enough that like he decided on his own. Like, I don't want to see dad anymore because like he stormed the Capitol. He was like a Boy Scout, like not even a troop leader, like something like really high up. He coached soccer and baseball and all these things. And he's basically like, you know, on the I don't know, democracy offender registry, <laughs> democracy with a little D, not like the Democratic Party. Like he can't go within like 12 feet of like a human <laughs> like participates in democracy. Like he was basically saying like he goes out into his front yard to take the trash out and waves at his neighbors and they just like flip him off because everybody hates him now. And I was like, that is really shitty. That sucks. But also what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Yeah. And also scary that those types that you would never even think <laughs> who are leading your children, who are teaching, who are coaching. <laughs> yeah. Here's how you, you know. make a fire with nothing. And also, <laughs> you overturn the government at any point. Here are some tips. Like, right. What? Exactly. Like, just, oh, my how God. Scary. How scary is that? It's wild. It's truly <laughs> wild. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the state of things. One in 10 of the people who were there that we know of at this point were parts of identifiable hate groups. Um, most of the people were regular, air quoting again, Americans, a lot of them who identified as independent or democratic or not insane Republicans like prior to this point, right? Like, I'm not saying like all people who identify politically differently than I do are nuts. Um, but I do think you are objectively insane if you think it's a good idea to storm the U.S. Capitol, uh, like at least on January 6th of, of 2021. Um, so that's where we're at. Any day. <laughs> Any day. I caveated that is like, I, you know, we're in the, we're what, like going into year three of the pandemic. I'm like, are we in dystopian times now? <laughs> like, is there a point in time in like the next 20 years? <laughs> like, but okay. So let's talk about like, Arrests today, prosecutions, other news, like where are we now? I know you did some research, P, on our current Attorney General Merrick Garland and like what he's been saying about this. Um, so, so like what's been going on with like Trump? Didn't he have something he wanted to say or do tomorrow? Like, wasn't there like a thing? Yeah, there are many things that were supposed to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, one. January 6th, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yes, on um, this eve of the insurrection. So, um, on January 6th, Trump was supposed to hold a press conference uh, to further discuss his falsehoods that his, his election, <laughs> his his falsehoods. that the 2020 election was stolen. So he's still on it, back at it, back at it on January 6th. Um, however, he canceled, uh, which was urged by his advisor. Thank God. Yeah, they were like, can, you can dumb you ass. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> Sit down. Just sit over there. Go in the corner. He's going to come back. He yeah. is going to grace us again um, in Arizona. Well, I'm in Arizona right now. Which so. <laughs> one and hide. Because, look, I can extract you from a lot of places, but like, I don't know. My I don't know what can I, I don't know if I could get you at it. And both your parents are brown too. Like, I don't my know if I can get all y'all out of Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> my parents retired in Arizona. They live in this very white. <laughs> I knew Jada was going to like that one. <laughs> they live in this very white um, community. 
there are a lot of Republicans here. And my parents, they they have a Democratic um, club here. They're, my dad's the president of it. <laughs> I love that. And I hate that our parents haven't met yet because they would be like, besties like like, like, we're canvassing for the democratic party i'm like go yeah and it's funny it's funny because he has republican friends and you know this past year a lot of them have you know been one-offing him to have these conversations about oh well you know blm and you know the insurrection that's the same thing like and my dad literally bless his heart my dad is the wise yeah, like he sits down and just breaks it down to these these crazies. Next time your dad has to have one of those conversations, we should both show up. Your dad should just like get on the laptop and open it and be like, um, to my daughter and her friend. They have some He's things. actually referenced our podcast when he's talking to, I love Bart. to his peeps. That's Not nice. his peeps. Not his peeps, his associates. I mean, whatever. Look, like... I hate what has happened politically in this country. I mean, I think like the Republican platform has always been a hateful, you know, mound of shit, but it's gotten more visibly hateful, at least. I have family members who are Republicans, which is like same shitty, right? It's like really shitty to know that like your white uncle doesn't believe in your human rights um, or like at least believes in a president who like thinks that you're less you know, deserving or worthy of participating in what America is supposed to be, air quoting again. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, all of our parents are from like a time period. They have friends who are Republican and like it didn't used to be this like massive like human rights divide um, Mm -hmm. that it currently is. It is now. It is. What did Trump say he was going to say at this rally in Arizona? You should go to it. You should go be a mole (laughs) at the rally. (laughs) I would pay to see you there. Yeah. So anyways, um, so this rally is an investigation to the events leading up to the January 6th insurrection. So he's calling the House investigation leading up to the insurrection the crime of the century. (laughs) Not the not the part where the people stormed the Capitol and like waved the biggest Confederate I've ever seen. The big steal. Yeah. He's saying that the crime of the century is House Democrats plus the two Republicans who are on the committee and the news media, the fake news media investigating this is the crime of the century. Sir. I'm definitely going. (laughs) Please. Please. Like we're body armor. (laughs) But like I, I support this. I strongly support you going. Oh my God. Okay. What else? What else? Also, also on the sixth, um, there was supposed to be a Republican candlelit vigil to support those arrested on the in the January sixth riot. That was also cap- canceled, but that was happening in Georgia. Yeah, so Cobb County, Georgia, which I think is just outside of Atlanta, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, um, or maybe Atlanta's in Cobb County. I don't know. I whatever. Um, they canceled that, but uh, and you didn't hear us wrong. Candlelit vigil for the people who stormed the Capitol and were arrested, not for like the people who died, not for like I don't know the soul of our nation. Those that were actually arrested. So those who were canceled. However, there are over a hundred events in support of the attackers taking place tomorrow. <laughs> 
Okay, so I need to go get more champagne. Nationwide. <laughs> why? Like to get through this. But while I'm doing that, I'm just going to pose this question for us to think about for the next like 45 seconds. What do you think they're going to do at these events? <laughs> like, what do you what do you think at these hundred plus events in support of the attackers? What do you what, what's going to what what do you, what would one do at one of these events? So more champagne. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes, that. And some other events that have been happening leading up to this year. So Sean Hannity was recently subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. Um, yes, Fox News's um, infamous host that we really do not like, but that's OK. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> So apparently they have found text between Hannity and the White House um, executives. Um, apparently there's been tons of text messages between the former Trump White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, indicating that he had advanced knowledge regarding the President Trump and his legal team's planning for January 6th. And Mark Meadows, I believe, has been subpoenaed by the House committee investigating January 6th. Yes. I think is the first person who they served with like contempt um, of court, essentially, uh, because he was like, fuck y'all, like, I don't care. <laughs> like he has believed in vain. I think that Trump is going to uh, protect him from whatever <laughs> might come, which bad bet, dude, I would not be betting on that. No, and who, you know who else has been subpoenaed? With similar charges? Who? The pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the pillow? What's the pillow company called? I know I, exactly who you're talking about. Well, Deidre and I would watch the news. We watch the news a lot. And I remember we were watching, we watch Fox News just to see, you know, what just, lovely things are unveiling on Fox what News. What are y'all saying? I was like, watching these commercials. If you watch the commercials on Fox News, it's like, what are <laughs> What? <laughs> What are, who are these people? The commercials, he's on MSNBC's commercials too, because like they'll take money, like the, I mean, that's what funds news media, right? Is like the commercial spots. They're like really expensive. Yeah. So like there's like Yahoo's and like the MSNBC, CNN, like whoever commercials too. And it's just like, no, I'm not going to buy your $100 US coin. Like, but, like but, Fox News takes a cake for like the most bizarre <laughs> commercials. And I just remember thinking to myself, who is this pillow guy? Like, I need to find hell? his name now. Um, Pillow guy. Name is the pillow guy. I'm googling pillow guy Trump. Mike Lindell. Yeah. His name is Mike Lindell. And then shortly after we were talking about the pillow guy, then he's on the news for like being a Trump supporter and like advising Trump. And I was like, advice does a dude who manufactures (laughs) Tempur-Pedic pillows have to give him a Hey, it's the pillow guy. Like, I just, like, don't understand how those things go together. Like, what? That's wild. That's wild. It's wild. It's wild. So these guys are being investigated. All yeah. of this stuff has been leading up to January 6th, right? Also, yeah. there has been an increase over the past year in low-level local officials who have been being threatened by locals. And nothing has been done to help them, to support them. Um, 
which is about a recent example in a place where we're going to be visiting in oh, yeah. <laughs> like eight days. Uh, maybe we should go find this guy and interview him. I know. So yes, we're going to Alaska and recently this week, actually, an Alaskan man pleaded guilty to threatening to murder his state's U.S. senators in 17 violent voicemails over a five-month period. And this has been become the typical across the United States because of all of this. Yeah. And there was, so I can't say that this is like, because of this, because this is some like this, yes. Like the example you just cited, but Ilhan Omar also, who's one of the, you know, members of the squad, the junior Brown female members of the house who were elected recently ish. So it's what Ilhan Omar, um, AOC, um, I'm brain brain dead right now. Um, Tlaib, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting one, but anyways, they get threats all the time. And Ilhan Omar, maybe like four weeks ago, um, was on the floor of the house and played a recording of a violent threat she had gotten um, from someone calling her like a jihadist and like just saying all this stuff as if like that's not, you know, bad enough. But like basically saying they were going to kill her and just like it was I mean, just Google it. You'll be able to find it. And then come to find out another member of the House had basically like instigated this and wasn't being held accountable. So like this is very normal, um, Mm -hmm. especially for, you know, people of color Um, and even for sympathizers right so and i was air quoting there you can't see us but um you know even republican members of um the house and of the senate who have seemed to like understand like you know what democrats are saying they've gotten attacked over this so it's it's just i mean what's his name um cheney's daughter what what's her name who's on the house committee for january 6th i mean she's gotten attacked viciously um she's republican but because she's like a turncoat in their eyes because she's even willing to sit down on this committee and at least give a fair hearing to what happened she's getting attacked so it is very normal um i think more normal than we know of as like you know civilians for senators for um congress people generally to get very violent threats via voicemail email notes left at their office um etc which is just it's fucked up um that you can't be a participant in your government without your life being threatened right and when we allow things like january 6th to happen it just opens the floodgates like oh, oh it's totally fine i'm just gonna live out my dream now <laughs> yeah well, it's like it's one thing to like it's, it's already super fucked up and like beyond reproach to send a you know death threat to someone via voicemail text whatever but to show up at the capitol and be chanting like death to mike pence or like you know whatever the i don't the jews will not replace us was that january 6th or was that like the unite the right rally i don't know there have been so many racist rallies in the past like six years but like you know it's one thing to to send death threats it's another thing to show up in person and be like i am willing to do this thing like that i'm threatening and i think when you show you're not going to prosecute meaningfully you're not going to punish people who do stuff like that fuck yeah it's going to encourage people to do it more why wouldn't they and i think that's why as we're going to get into in a second i think that's why a lot of people are saying like january 6th was a warm-up like that was the jv team like that wasn't you know the real deal (laughs) get ready You know, I'm ready and I'm I'm ready by staying in my house and (laughs) stacking those airline miles because I will be the fuck out of here if y'all pull some shit like that again. Major has like a bunker. She has like an entire room of food. (laughs) 
<laughs> vicious attack cats. So you can guess them. <laughs> so that's all for this episode, folks. Uh, part one of <laughs> Insurrection Eve, as Pristina aptly named it. Uh, in part two, we will talk about some more of the details surrounding what the government um, and specifically our uh, attorney general, Merrick Garland, who some of you may <laughs> remember from the Supreme Court coup uh, that, you know, barred him from from joining the Supreme Court when Obama was president. Uh, we'll discuss some of that in part two of Insurrection Eve. We look forward to talking with you then. And hopefully between now and then there will not be be um, another storming of the Capitol. Bye-bye. Until next week, keep your glasses full and remember that racism is garbage. Trash. <laughs> Basura. None of this would be possible without the support of our talented team. Big ups to our producers, Lana Shea and Kate Bataille. Thank you so much. And shout out to Coda the Friend for allowing us to use his music. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Bye-bye.